Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Notice a couple of things here. First off, there's two things. The first one is, do not believe every spirit. And the second thing is, test the spirits whether they have whether they are of God and why do we need to do this well the answer is right there because many false prophets have gone out into the world Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. Today, John starts out chapter 4 of his first epistle with a warning. Do not believe every spirit. We are never to assume every spiritual experience or every demonstration of spiritual power is from God. He goes on to tell us to test the spirits. This is important because many false prophets have gone out into the world. How do we know? Because a true prophet and true teaching will present a true Jesus as God himself. Now let's open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 4 and follow along with Pastor Rob. Let's open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. Chapter 4, and we're going to read just the first six verses today before we take communion. But I want you to look at the obvious today. If you have your Bibles open, you'll notice uh, last week when we covered, the last couple of weeks actually, we covered 1 John chapter 3. And I, and I want you to notice just something uh, where these six verses that we're going to read this morning, how it seems that the Holy Spirit has just kind of nestled them right in the center of, if you look to the left of the chapters we're looking at today, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, look at verse 4. If you've got a New King James Version Bible, you'll notice that there's headings over these different areas. And uh, over that area is sin and the child of God. And then starting in verse 10, there's a, a, a title of the, imper- the uh, imperative of love. And then in verse 16, the outworking of love. And then right in the middle of all of this, we have this, it somewhat seems out of place, doesn't it? this first six verses that we have here in chapter 4. And then after those six verses in, chapter, or in verse 7, it says, knowing God through love. And then in verse 12, seeing God through love. And then finally in verse 17, the consummation of love. And it's almost like these six verses are ensconced in all of this dialogue about love. And when we read it, it may seem like it's out of place. But the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, it's very... It's positioned very strategically, I believe. Because when we think of the love of God, 
you know, the love of God is such that he just doesn't open the doors for everything and allow everything to come in, right? He's, love is such that it tells the truth, and it's not afraid to tell the truth, even when the truth is hard. It's not afraid to tell the truth when it's hard to deal with, maybe when it's even positioned in the negative. Sometimes we, we need that warning, and, and love is that. Love is encouraging, but love also warns, doesn't it? Isn't that what we learn through our relationship with Jesus? He loves us. He's demonstrated that love on the cross. But over time and time again, the Lord and through the Holy Spirit, through his prophets, through the, the apostles, encouraging us to love, to love to love one another, to love God. And that's really been the main theme of the gospel. Of, or, or I call it the gospel. It's kind of like a gospel. This letter that John is writing to these first century believers who were enduring and going through a lot, and they needed to know the love of God because they lived in a time, in many ways, more difficult than ours. But we live in a time that perhaps is more difficult because it's so insidious. The truth of God is being maligned. The the truth of God is being suppressed. The truth of Jesus is being put on the back burner. I don't know what is worse, being outwardly persecuted and everything is kind of front and center where it's all right in front of you, or whether it's harder because we live in a culture and a time when things are so... It's like relative, I guess, is the term I want. Have you heard of people say, well, if that truth works good for you, that's, you know, that's your prerogative. No, the truth works no matter what. Even if you don't believe the truth and you follow through on the truth, you're going to be resu- the blessing is going to come upon you, whether you believe it or not. By just obeying the word of God, you're going to be blessed. But if you disobey the word of God, the opposite is true. Your life is going to be a mess. You're always going to be searching, searching and searching, trying to find something Try to find yourself. Isn't that the most awful thing you can try to do? Have you ever left the home when you were in your early, late teens or early 20s and your mom and dad are Christians and you're like, I've had enough of this and you being an unbeliever are just fed up, frustrated. I'm going to go find myself out west. Go west, young man. So they get on Route 66. They're driving, thinking life is great until they have a flat tire out in the middle of Death Alley and the vultures start to... God help. But we live in perilous times, folks. Let's read this. These six verses very, are very sobering to me. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And here's the encouragement. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them, 
We are of God, and he who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's go back to verse 1 here. John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Notice a couple of things here. First off, there's two things. The first one is, do not believe every spirit. And the second thing is, test the spirits, whether they are of God. And why do we need to do this? Well, the answer is right there. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And oftentimes they come from the church. They don't necessarily come outside of the church. Sometimes, as John was saying earlier in his epistle, that they came out from us, but they were none of us. And now it's manifest that they are not of us. It's very obvious that they're not of us because they have gone a different way. How is it that a person can come into contact with the truth and then turn their back on it? It's amazing to me. It's a mystery, isn't it? Salvation is a mystery. How did God break through my sin and, and, and the, 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 the junk that I was involved in? You know my, my, some of my story, and, and I'd love to hear yours, so let's just start over here. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, he invaded my life. I wasn't even looking for him, and by his grace, he came into my life, and I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so much more enriched for it. My, my, my life has been a, bl- a blessing. Has it been easy? No, none of our lives are easy, even in Christ. Now the battle really begins, doesn't it? If anybody says that, oh, come to Christ, and all your problems will be cared for, you're, you're, uh, I mean, there's some truth to that, but sometimes things get worse. Because now you know that there's a battle. Before, you were just kind of living your life, not even know, just well, this is life and it stinks. Ah, but there is a battle. It's a spiritual battle, and you are completely oblivious to it because all you're seeing in the physical are the things in the spiritual going on, and those things in the physical are just ramifications. They're the result of those spiritual things happening, and you are completely blind to it, completely blind. But because many false prophets have gone out into the world, you know, for some reason when it comes to spiritual matters, people can be very gullible, even within the church. You know, some preacher can do some magic show and pull a rabbit out of a hat and say, Thus saith the Lord. And everybody's following him. Everyone's buying his books. Everyone's getting his autograph. Everyone's listening to his podcast rather than reading their Bibles. Do you remember before um, the year 2000, there was a a, a false prophet and a deceiver, actually. It was a UFO cult, cult called Heaven's Gate. And Heaven's Gate was a... um, these people were waiting for the mothership. And so they, you know, I mean, it sounds really ludicrous, but this is what deception does. This is what deception does. This is what a false prophet, a false teacher can do to a life. It gets into their mind, and they're all, and the devil's a deceiver. And so what did these 39 people do on, in, in, in 1997? They put on their white sneakers. All of them had white sneakers, and I think they all had similar jumpsuits. They went up on a mountain and they committed suicide because they believed that hail bop brings closure to heaven's gate. And that's, and that's what the, the person who led this group, his name was Marshall Applewhite, and in fact he said this, he said, hail bop brings closure to heaven's gate. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet earth is finally coming to conclusion. Graduation from the heaven the human evolution level, we are happily prepared to leave this world and go to Ty's crew. Who's Ty? 
You know, they, they, were, they were expecting some mothership to come on the tail of Hale-Bopp as it, as it flew through the, the galaxy and got close to Earth. And the seed deception, that's what it does. It gets a hold of people. And we've seen that throughout time. You know, Jim Jones, David Koresh, these men who have claimed to even have Messiah, you know, to be the Messiah. But that is why it's all the more important now for us today to test the spirits. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 13, Paul says this, he says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he ministers also, if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So many deceptions, so many things going on. And there's too many in, in, in current history to even label them, and we don't have time, and neither do I want to focus on them. But let me just bring a few things up. Have you heard of the Shroud of Turin? What a deception this has been. And yet, so many people have, have venerated this cloth and have made huge money on it, written many books about it. Let me tell you something. This thing is, what is it? It's 3.6 feet in width, this cloth, and it's 14.2 feet in length. The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus was wrapped with linen cloths, linen strips, and the spices were packed into those layers. And then when he was resurrected, what did it say? There was a napkin around his head that he folded in a separate place by itself. It's right there in the Gospel of John. That should end it right there. It's a forgery. It's a fake. And yet, because people don't know the Word of God, they're not encouraged to read the Word of God, they're easily bamboozled into bowing down before this thing. Isn't it crazy? But that is the world that we live in. Is it not? That is the world that we live in. Why does a book like The Shack have so much credence in the church? I know it's an old book now. But it maligns who God really is. There's no biblical foundation to it at all. And yet it was a bestseller and so many people grabbing a hold of it and just eagerly gobbling it up. Isn't it amazing how a child of God can have a belief in a horoscope or go to a palm reader because they're frustrated in their prayer life? God, you're not speaking to me. So like Saul, I'm going to go to the the witch at Endor and I'm going to receive something. What about those who watch the YouTube there was a gentleman here a handful of years ago who began to watch YouTube. And we knew this gentleman, and he was very active in the church. Loved him. I really did. And he talked the talk, and he served the Lord, and he went on all of our retreats with us, and it seemed like everything was just fine. And then all of a sudden, he gets a whiff of this YouTube video that some guy had put out. Some doctrine that claimed that a specific ethnic group is the real Israel and that a specific ethnic group is the real Jewish people, that the Jewish people aren't really Israel, that they're not really Jewish at all, but the real Jewish people is this other group of people. It's a deception. It's a deception. And to the, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, but this person has completely turned his back on God and hates Christians now. He hates the cross, and yet he was here among us. How important it is 
for us to not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. The devil is very smart. He's very smart. We're not to give him too much credence and too much credit, but believe me, apart from Christ, we are sitting ducks. Apart from Jesus Christ in your heart, the Spirit of God in you, you are no match for that being. Let me tell you, he is powerful, but he's no match for Jesus. Because unlike Jesus, he is a created being. Jesus Christ is uncreated. He was never created. He has always been. Do you believe that? Does not the Bible tell us that? We're going to look at it here shortly. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits. The idea behind this, it's a Greek word, dokomedso, and it literally means to approve or to, to discern or to examine. And, and we need to do that more than ever. We need to be examining things. And I love this. It's right in, it's ensconced in all of this dialogue about love. And God, he comes in and he just, by the spirit, puts this in here. You know, sometimes it's cozy to talk about love, it's, isn't it? I love it. No pun intended. Actually, pun intended. I do. I love it. It, 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 it. We ought to feel that. But we need to hear the hard thing because there is a truth that we need to be very careful. And that's why John is exhorting us very strongly here. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Examine them, scrutinize them, prove whether this thing is true or not. It's amazing to me how blessed we are in this country. And yet for all of the Bible resources that we have, print and online, we have access to the scripture through radios, through books, through the internet. We are in need of the truth again. You know, there was a time when the U.S. of A., We're exporting missionaries to other countries, and now we have need for missionaries to come from without and come inside and tell us. And why is that? Because we are in a place in our country. I believe this with all my heart, because there's been a couple of generations now that have not taught their kids the truth about Jesus Christ. They've, they've sent them to public schools, and that's okay if you're dialoguing with your child. If you know your child, you know sometimes that's okay. You, you, you do that if you have to. But you keep in touch with them. You don't leave the public school to bring up your child. You, when they come home, you talk to them. What did you learn today? Well, Mom and Dad, this is what they said. They said that we evolved from apes. Well, honey, this is what the Bible says. This is the truth. They're wrong. Amen? <laughs> I mean, they're wrong, and I don't care who they are. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how many pedigrees they have after their name. They are wrong. They are wrong. But we are in that time in our country, just like Joshua and the children of Israel in the Old Testament. If you remember, after Joshua had brought them into the promised land, and there were several years where Joshua was with them, and even the elders who were with Joshua, and there came a time when Joshua died, and all the elders who were with him died also. And this is one of the most scary things. We've been talking, and we've been going through Joshua on Thursday nights, but look with me, let me just read to you Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, because this is where we are at right now. It says, So the people served, the children of Israel, they served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him within the border. Um, they buried him within the border of Timnath Heres in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Gaish. And I forgot to put the rest of the verse in there. <laughs> this really is funny, isn't it? 
<laughs> I forgot to add the other verse. These are the most important ones. In verse 10 of that chapter, it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. That's what happened. When all that generation had, been, had passed away, there arose a generation that did not know the work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. They didn't know it because they didn't tell their kids. Isn't that what Joshua... You know, you look in Joshua chapter 4. As they were going across the Jordan and, laying, and taking the stones out of the Jordan and then putting other stones in the Jordan. And they were there for re- stones of remembrance. So when their kids asked them, what do these things mean? They would rehearse for them and tell them the faithfulness of God. Are you teaching your children, your grandchildren? Are you being faithful to tell them every day, 15 minutes even, 20 minutes, whatever the, you know, the Lord gives you. But get into the word with them. Teach them. Because we are living in a generation where families have abandoned it altogether. Now that now we live in a, a completely wicked culture. Anything but the truth. Anything but the truth. Just lie to us. We'll gobble it up. That's what's happening. And folks, we are in that place right now as a, as a country. And we need to wake up to it because one day we're going to wake up and we're going to find that all of these things that we have held precious and that have, God has given to us as a gift are going to be gone. They're going to be legislated We're going to be labeled a hate crime. It's going to be a hate crime for me to read out of the Word of God, and I'll go to jail for it. I don't mind. In Ken Ham's book, Gospel Reset, he he talks about two different types of people. And it's a really good book if you don't have it. It's a short book, an easy read. But he talks about two different cultures. He talks about the Acts 3 culture. And the Acts 3 culture was a culture that Peter ministered to on the day of Pentecost. They were Jews. They already knew the foundation of the scripture. They were brought up with it from the moment they were born. So it was very easy for him to switch the gears and say, this is Jesus, the one who all the prophets have talked about for hundreds of years. Oh, the light bulb goes off. 3,000 get saved. And then it also talks about another culture in Acts 17. And Paul visited that culture in Athens. He went up onto the Areopagus, the Mars Hill, and he taught to a bunch of intellectuals who are just interested in hearing good things, things that made them, you know, tantalize. It entertained them. What new thing does this babbler have to say? And unfortunately, that wasn't, I believe, Paul's finest hour. And I think he learned a lesson there. It wasn't all bad. There were a few souls who came to Christ as a result of what he shared there. But they didn't have a foundation. There was no foundation. Paul was talking beyond them and even bringing in secular sources to try and win them to Christ. But the, their foundation wasn't there. They had no foundation like the Acts 3 culture did, those Jews who knew. We live in the Acts 17 culture. About 60 or 70 years ago, families went to church together. Whether they actually lived it out completely or not, there was a morality in this country, somewhat. Somewhat. They had a reverence for it. They had been exposed to it. But now there's a couple generations now that have never even heard of it. Because the schools won't allow it. And because people are so busy and caught up in making money, they, they, they don't have time for it. They'd much rather just set their child down in front of the Disney Channel. America has been seduced by many spirits and have not rather tested them. They've been listening to other voices. And the reason they haven't tested them is because America has lost its foundation biblically. We've lost our foundation as a Christian. 
We've lost our foundation. Our foundation has crumbled and is crumbling. It's been eroded and, re- and replaced by the thinking of many of the educators. In our- I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.